My work is, is, you know, it's all either 35 millimeter or medium format photography. Uh, I, I like to take pictures of things that are, that are old and deteriorating, um, things that, you know, may not, and in some cases that are not around anymore. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to discussion and exploration art and the creative process. I'm the host and creator, Aranas, and for this week's episode, I had a conversation with the amazing Ben Childs. Ben is an artist currently residing in Phoenix, Arizona. Through the medium of photography, Ben seeks to explore the landscape and the aesthetics of the American Southwest, often catching places and signs that donate to an earlier time. I had a great time talking to Ben about his work, and I hope you enjoy it too. So, I'm going to start where I start with everybody, which is just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Uh, well, I am originally from uh, up in uh, Portland, Oregon, very uh, rainy, gray, oh. dreary most of the year. Um, probably not too unlike the climate of the UK, I'd imagine. Um, and I uh, lived there most of my life until 2017. And Portland's kind of its own epicenter of counterculture, uh, very rich with artists and musicians and whatnot. And uh, my folks, my parents had moved down to Arizona, maybe 2003, 2004, something like that to retire. And shortly after my dad passed away in 2014, I kind of started the slow process of, of uh, getting myself down to Arizona as well. And uh, I pretty much packed up whatever could fit in a small rented van, you know, and, uh, you know, the essentials and, and uh, got down to Arizona. And uh, I, I'd been a bartender for many even 17 18 years something like that and I didn't want to do that kind of work anymore and so I was uh working kind of an odd job when one day I was just watching YouTube and I came across a video where this uh fellow was uh he was doing real estate photography it wasn't like a tutorial it was like he was just working on a certain room and I immediately was fascinated by that went right down that rabbit hole and uh I ended up Starting my own business, picking up my own camera and and uh, figuring things out. Started my own business, uh, doing primarily real estate photography. But then, of course, inevitably that you know led into doing more portraiture uh, type of work, and you know moderate, moderately successful. But honestly, I found myself far more enjoying taking pictures, whatever of whatever I wanted to, as opposed to uh, the obligatory you know income. You know, I think obviously everybody's experience with it is different. Uh, but one day I was uh, walking through a uh, a local drugstore. It was kind of funny. I saw a three pack of film and I was kind of amazed. I didn't even know, realize they'd sold film anymore. And this was kind of before this these last few years where it's just really exploded in popularity. And so I decided to pick up this just three pack of uh, cheap, well, at the time was cheap Kodak film like consumer grade film. And I dug out my dad's old uh, Nikon F2 uh, that he bought brand new in 1972, kind of, um, you know, blew the veritable dust off of it, loaded it up. And and uh, I had uh, kind of gotten away from doing photography for, for uh, income. And I got a gig doing courier work where they sent me all over the U.S. Southwest uh, delivering like medical supplies, aviation supplies, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, they'd send me to Los Angeles or New Mexico or West Texas, or whatever. And I always had my camera with me. And uh, that's that's kind of how I got 
got hooked on that, you know, and, uh, you know, one thing kind of led to another and, and, uh, have definitely, uh, definitely gotten, definitely gotten hooked. But, you know, for me, um, you know, it's hard for me to focus on, on my work as, as, you know, income driving, you know, or income generated rather, you know, definitely more of a, more of a passion from a hobbyist perspective, you know. Is this something you'd want to make into some kind of a career? Um, well, maybe, uh, you know, actually just recently I had a friend of mine that had uh, really pushed me to uh, submit something to an art show here in, in Phoenix. And, and I, I kind of had, you know, I don't know, I wasn't overly enthused about doing it. I, <clears throat> I, I was fine with it, but then, you know, I, part of me, I guess, kind of felt like I didn't really have anything to prove, <laughs> you know I mean? They wanted a bio and a statement. Oh, that's, that's fine. Um, and, but I did, and I, I submitted something and to my surprise, they accepted a piece of my work out of I don't know, a thousand some submissions they had said and they they chose 66 and so i was definitely really humbled honored and and uh so it was in fact it was uh it was the first piece that sold on the on the opening reception night it it, uh, wow. it didn't, you know, i didn't win any awards for it but it was the first piece that sold. i was, I was kind of blown away uh so in that sense you know i i mean i got paid for a piece that i sold <laughs> i think it's really it's really funny to me because it seems to me like a lot of the artists that do it that create art for fun or create art for the joy of creating it often create mm -hmm. work that is actually possibly more commercial or more kind of interesting mm -hmm. and it's always really really funny when i meet people like yourself who i look at your work and i'm like there is such a market for your work like you could easily make money off your work i say easily very kind of loosely but like there is a market for your work i can think of a good few photographers that, that kind of fit the same niche or kind of have the same, like a trajectory you could follow, for instance. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just interesting because it's like, that doesn't necessarily concern you, but that doesn't mean you're not going to create the work. And I actually have so much respect for that because, you know, you don't have to create work to make money. You can create it because you enjoy it. I think we often forget about that, particularly in this whole, you know, social media, you must be doing stuff for money kind of society. And I, I have a lot of respect for that, actually. And it's kind of surprising, I think. Yeah, well, I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, grateful. I don't know if it's kind of a, of, of a cavalier attitude or approach that I have to it. Um, but I, I just enjoy doing it. I mean, I'm otherwise employed, um, certainly. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have any aversion to uh, if, if there was to discover a, a, a system by which to, you know, drive income from it. But, but on the other hand, you know, I just, I just love to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I live in the southwest part of the United States, which is rich with uh, subject matter. I mean, it's it's just about, about everywhere you turn and go, or at least I find. Yeah. You know. Have you ever thought about licensing your work? About licensing my work? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I I've definitely explored a lot of different um a lot of different possibilities. I don't know if it's my short attention span. I don't know if it's that I'm, uh, you know, consumed with full-time work. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've explored a few different things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a marketing expert by any stretch of the imagination. I, you know, by, by trade, I'm a mortgage professional. You'd think I would, would know a thing or two about that, but <laughs> I, you know, when, with regards to, uh, 
you know, the, the art and the photography and everything else uh, beyond what it, when I, you know, was doing some real estate and portraiture photography uh, or certainly how to market it online. You know, um, you know, I guess I've never I've never really I've only gotten so far, I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. OK, well, that's cool. I'm going to think about stuff for you, Isaac. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm all ears. Because <laughs> I'm very curious. I'm just very I'm at, I'm at kind of a really interesting space where I just really want to help people in any way I can. So um, definitely, I feel like your work has a lot of it has so much potential. Like this is the thing. I feel like I say this all the time, but the, the best thing about me doing the fine fruit bowl is I get to see people's potential. Like I look at artists and I'm like, I can see where you can go, or I can see other people whose trajectory you could follow, or I can see you know your work in a gallery show, for instance. I'm, absolutely, I I can see people buying your work. I can see people buying, you know, prints and you know, licensing your work and stuff. I can see that happening because it's the the work is strong and also is it's commercial and it's sellable. But it's just getting to that mm-hmm. point. And I think that's the kind of thing where a lot of artists fall. And I'm no marketing expert. I'm just a person who talks to other people. That's all I am. I'm just some random yeah, guy from England who talks to people. So you know you do great work, I think. <laughs> I do appreciate it. But it's kind of like it's it's insane how much potential I see and how many people like yourself that I see I'm just like they deserve so much more. Um, so I just try and kind of insert myself into people's lives and try to help them, I guess. I don't really know. But um, anyways, let's get back to the questions. Come rumbling already. This is not a good start. Um, so did you actually study photography um, or do you have any kind of art education? Uh, you know, um, outside of maybe a few fundamentals, you know, from my dad growing up, you know, when I grew up, of course, it was only film photography. Um, you know, I'm I'm self-taught entirely. Um, wow. Uh, and I, you know, certainly, again, I certainly drive kind of that uh, inspiration. And I, 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 I have a, a huge collection of uh, of uh, his slide photos from back in the 70s, 60s, 70s, and then and early 80s that definitely, uh, you know, I get a lot of inspiration from, you know, I'm, I think the only art class I ever took my entire life, I think I might have been in the seventh or eighth grade or something like that in school. And I had this really, really great teacher. He's a Native American fellow named uh, Otto Abahazy. I'll never forget him. He, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. But outside of that, I've never, I've never had any, any formal education. I'm definitely self-taught. That's crazy because your work is so good. But also, like, do you think it's important that, or like, do you think it's necessary? I guess to be better, but that photographers have a well, degree or some kind well, of. Well, I think that. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think it comes down to what any particular person's uh, I don't know personal circumstances background uh, natural ability or or vision and likely you know what their intentions are um you know again I, I certainly don't have an art degree obviously but I think if someone is looking for a career in something like uh photojournalism obviously you know sports photography or, or or teaching photography at any level I can see where formal education or degree would would be necessary or maybe be helpful for someone who maybe uh, yearns to get into uh, art or photography, but maybe doesn't feel naturally inclined uh, to excel at it, and so maybe for them, formal education might be might be helpful. Because yeah, I think I think with um, education, I think it's about the connections you make and it's about the people you meet, as opposed to what you actually learn. And I think a lot of the times that can be a lot more helpful to you further on than it would be in terms of what you learn. Because I feel like a lot of stuff like photography and art. Mm-hmm. you only learn through by practicing and through actually doing it you know you're not going to sit down in a classroom and be taught how to use a camera without actually using the actual um, camera itself yeah, you've, so you've got to immerse yourself there's there's no but no no doubt about that and uh you know yeah i think that 
again, I think it just varies from person to person. I think that, you know, you obviously you're going to have, you know, some of these very accomplished and, and, and famous, you know, photographers uh, that are certainly going to have been, you know, uh, earned degrees at the university and that kind of thing, you know, and uh, some that some that are just uh, go go along in life and just do their thing and, and find success naturally. That's true. I think also with the state of the internet, you don't need a degree to be a good photographer because, you know, we have stuff like YouTube, which is just as good as an educator than a degree mm-hmm. to some to some degree, to some aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting, like, actually, it's kind of really much about how much you're willing to put in and the time and effort you want to put in yourself. Because, you know, as you said, mm-hmm. like, you have a full-time job, yet you still make the time. I actually had this conversation with a um, cool photographer from Birmingham here in the UK called Colotron, which I'm probably pronouncing wrong. And he was saying, like, you know, I'm just a hobbyist. I shoot images, like, on the weekend. And I said to him, you're really kind of giving, doing a disservice to yourself. Because at the end of the day, like, just because you're doing it on the weekend doesn't mean that you're any less of a photographer than people who do it all the time. That you're still taking the time outside of your full-time job to go out and shoot images and take the time and make the time to do something that you enjoy. And, like, how do you find that balance between, like, full-time work and creating photography? Well, uh, you know, I think... You touch on something, um, you know, it, what I, for me, I don't, don't look at it as, as obligatory or, or a task. You know, for me, it's, it's about my favorite thing to do in the world. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll, I, I have a, a really good friend of mine that's, he's also an artist and, <clears throat> you know, we recently took a trip to Southeastern California and uh, we, we spent the, you know, good good portion of the weekend over there and I just had a great time I mean it's it's what I I it's probably about one of my most very favorite things to do you know uh, is uh, uh, is get out and take pictures so so when it's not obligatory when it's not uh you know like a task you know I guess and the passion is just there naturally uh you know it I guess I don't look at it so much as you know well making time uh maybe making time making sure I have the time to do what I love to do you know as opposed to, uh, you know, it being, again, it being like a task, if that makes sense. That's actually a good point, actually. It's a good mindset to have as well in terms of like, you're right, because you're not like, oh, I have to do this. You're like, cool, I'm going to go and do this. It's a very different mindset. That's a really good point, actually. That's a really good point. I'm going to be thinking about that now. That's a really good point. That's a good way of looking at it, actually. It's a good way to, to frame the stuff. I guess it just frame anything you're like, really, rather than being like, oh, this is a task I have to do. Mm-hmm. It just comes part of your natural process because you do it so much. It's just you know, I guess finding the time to do it as opposed to actually being like, well, I need to make the time. That's good. I like that mindset. That's pretty good. Actually. I'm like, I need to implement that in my life. That's what I need to do um, with everything. So, yeah, you know, and and for me, I've never really been able to uh, <clears throat> fully experience, you know, they, the, the saying goes that if you, uh, if you love what you do for work, you'll never work a day in your life sort of thing. And I've never really been able to uh, um, fully attain that, I guess, you know, because people that are passionate about what they do for work, you know, are going to do well naturally, you know, uh, people that aren't looking at it as, you know, a form just solely as a form of income, you know, but so for me, there's a definite, a definite separation of, uh, for in, in my case of work and, uh, and photography, maybe that'll change at some point. Well, I hope it changes for the better. That would be pretty good. I think for you. Um, so are there any particular skills that you need to be a good photographer? Um, I think one, one skill that I had to develop just, uh, was overall fearlessness, um, is, is the first one that comes to mind. Um, you know, I, I'm not a street photographer per se, but it's a great, 
it's a great example. You know, the, you see these uh, these street photographers that will go out and they'll just get in people's faces and they'll, you know, <laughs> and are, are a lot braver than I am. Or, you know, I it's just not, well, it's just not the type of photography I do anyway. But I, but I think fearlessness, you know, I, um, and I've, over time, I've definitely developed my own fearlessness in terms of, uh, you know, maybe I might be in a sketchy urban area, you know, and certainly a lot of these large cities in the U.S., um, most of which I've been to, um, this, like, even just this year, you know, I was in Atlanta, I was in Detroit prior to that. And I don't know, I, I think to a fault, you know, I'll, I'll see a, a scene and I'll, I'll want to get a picture of it and, uh, you know, come hell or high water, I'm going to, I'm going to get that shot no matter who's there, who's watching, who's, and I think that's, <clears throat> that's an important, uh, an important skill. Um, I think that uh, passion and skill are interchangeable. I think if there's subject matter of particular interest or that compels you and the passion is there, you know, I think the skill, certainly if you're starting out, uh, will manifest itself naturally. Um, but I, I think for me, the number one thing is that I needed to kind of get over myself and conquer was, was the fearlessness. That is, that is such an interesting skill to say. Like that's such a, because you're right. Like, and actually that's a whole topic. That's like a whole conversational topic, but like you're so right because this idea like because it's fearlessness in a few different ways i guess as well it's not just well firstly obviously going out taking image in the environment you're in but it's also the fact that the fearlessness to actually take an image to actually go out and actually do what you want to go and do because oh, i sure. think there's, there's a lot of kind of mental gymnastics that goes on behind the scenes of any creativity of like you know what am i doing is it worth it you know why am i taking the time to do this why you know all that kind of stuff like it's very i think i feel like sometimes people don't really understand maybe people who aren't creative don't really understand that it actually takes a lot just to be creative and just do anything to create anything no matter whether that's you know a piece of music or a piece of art or a photograph or anything creative it takes a lot mm -hmm. of effort to do that just gearing yourself up to doing that so i think the fearlessness just to even do anything is is brave but i think you're right in terms of going out and about because i've definitely had an experience like you can be out at night in areas that probably aren't the best but will give you great images as you have to be careful. So actually, how do you stay safe when you're out and about? Well, I I don't know truthfully that I always take that fully into account. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I mean, or maybe not to the to the degree I should, you know. Um, I mean, you know, I live uh, just outside the city of Phoenix, and Phoenix has its definitely has its share of crime. Um, and I, you know, I, like I said, I. I can't tell you how many times where where I'll see something, whether it's one of those things where I'm driving along and I hit the brakes, turn around, and go back, or it's something I knew was there and planned to go take a picture of it. And it's been, you know, I don't know, later in the evening and uh, and I'll drive, drive past her and I'll go, oh, well, but then I just, nope, let's park. Let's go get the shot because I, I don't know. I kind of get myself, I kind of put my blinders on. I mean, I set up my tripod and I go. You know, I just I just don't really think about it. I'm pretty bound and determined if I want to get that shot. Uh, you know, I want to get that shot. And, and again, not not to the I'm not a street photographer, so not like some of these street photographers do. You know, I mean, you look at some of these amazing shots. Uh, I don't know, like whether it's Joe Myerowitz or Saul Leiter or some of these guys. I mean, and they're you know you can write in people's faces and they get these shots that that are that are so captivating that really speak to you. Um, but then I know when I've, I, I, I'll look at a lot of those shots or Fred Herzog's one of my favorite photographers. I, I look at some of these wonderful uh, images and, and depictions of humanity 
But I also think to myself, man, he he really probably compromised somebody's personal space to to get that shot, yeah. you know. And that's that's a whole other topic, also. Um, yeah, the idea of kind of like consent and the idea of kind of personal space and even just like a person's image, a person's likeness. Uh, that is a whole different topic. That's actually something I should probably add on to my interview notes for a feature interview. Actually, if I said that, I'm like, oh, uh, let me just write down here. So, also, I want to say, I want to ask you actually. So, on the topic of fearlessness and the idea of kind of being out and about, because you know, I think it's kind of interesting because you said, you know, you're driving past and you'll stop and you'll go back because you're determined. But is there an image that you regret not taking? Uh, that's a great question. Um, there's probably several. Um, you know, going back to when I was doing uh, courier work, I, they would send me all over the, the, the southwestern U.S. region. And a lot of these places are, are places that I would never be again, you know, would never go again, never have a reason to go there again. Um, and, you know, I think retrospectively, there's certainly been, been some shots that, that I, you know, certainly regret not taking. Uh, specifically, I guess it's kind of hard to, to think of any in particular, but I've definitely had them, definitely had the shots I've regretted not getting. Because, you know, it's interesting you were saying earlier that, you know, you're a courier. And I think that's kind of actually really fascinating because I've wrote down here geographical access. And it kind of makes you think about the idea of like the way that we are very locked in by where we live in terms of what we can take and what we can shoot. Because, you know, yeah, you can come and travel to the UK, but it's going to cost you a lot of money and take a lot of time. And it's like, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of interesting how like you kind of have to, in very many ways, just make do with what you have. Um, and it's kind of like, so like, how do you, and we will actually get into your work in a minute. I really haven't got, actually got onto your work yet. We'll get into it in a minute. But like, how do you kind of utilize the environment to your advantage without getting bored of what you're shooting? Um, <clears throat> well, I have several things that I've taken uh, pictures of multiple times. Um, I, I also have, uh, you know, you talk about uh, geography. I, I have the luxury of uh, living in an area that is large and vast. There's always a different direction that I could go. You know, I could drive two hours this way or six hours that way. Uh, you know, I go after something more landscape or urban or, you know, there really, really isn't a shortage of subject matter. I could probably spend my whole life, you know, I... I mentioned earlier this year, for instance, when I went to Detroit, I was there for work for a, a work convention and I was just only there for like two and a half days. And I only had the opportunity to roam around uh, Detroit with my camera the very first night I was there. And let me tell you, I, 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 I could spend a month and a thousand rolls of film, I feel like, and not even scratch the surface. I mean, there was just so much to see, so much. It was so rich with with subject matter and, 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 and yeah, I just thought it was an incredible place. So for me, uh, you know, there's also, you can also go to the same place a second time or a third time or a fourth time and you, you can see it differently. Uh, you, know, you can, you know, to see something new, something can be uh, led a certain way. Something can be, you know, the weather could be different, you know, whatever, whatever the circumstances are, but yeah, we're certainly where I live again, like I've, I've got the luxury of, of the vastness and, and and no shortage of subject matter. So, because I, I think, because, you know, I speak to a lot of photographers, as you can imagine, and it's just like the one kind of topic that comes up or like one kind of roadblock that comes up is the idea of like, 
you know, oh, I've shot everything that I can shoot around where I live. There's nothing else to shoot. And it's kind of like, what advice would you give to people who have that kind of either mentality or feel that way? Uh, that's a great question. <clears throat> um, I can relate with that, actually, uh, despite what I uh, just was going on about, because this, where I, I live in sort of a kind of a, a suburban area. I think my house was built in 2004 or something like oh, that. Wow. Um, and I don't, you know, I could count on one hand the amount of photographs I've taken within a three or four mile radius of my home. Um, and, you know, you you see all these, you know, uh, photography channels on YouTube that, you know, preach, oh, well, you know, there's always all this subject matter right around. You don't have to travel anywhere, travel very far or whatever. And I, I have always struggled with that. And, but I, I would say uh, a lot of what I have taken pictures of, I've come across by chance, you know, um, I guess uh, probably the best advice I could give is, is just, to, to something as simple as going somewhere new, you know, um, you know, don't just uh, find it, you know, whether it's a small town that, you know, maybe doesn't have any, anything that would ordinarily, you know, attract people to, you know, and uh, just find a new place to go. There's, there's, you know, there's more often than, than not, there's, there's definitely subject matter that uh, commands an image. Absolutely. That's good advice. That's really good advice. I feel like it's very easy to feel like you're, you're stuck particularly if you shoot a lot or if you I just kind of if you're seeing what everybody else is doing as well I think that's also a big problem because there's, there's such a just an art generally but there's such a particularly with photography as well because photography is quite instant for the most part I think there's such a kind of demand or uh, an implied demand that we have to always be creating like every day shoot something new or, or be creating every week or every month or whatever and it's like you have to also remember that once you've got a body of work, you have to do something with that body of work because otherwise it's going to be sitting around building up whilst you're shooting more stuff. And again, a lot of the photographers I speak to, I speak to a lot of American photographers, which is funny um, because I like images of America because I'm not from America. Um, so it's funny because a lot of photographers I speak to are like, you know, I've got a huge archive. I just don't want to do with it. And it's kind of, it's bizarre because it's like, you could be doing so much with it, but you're not because you're just sitting there you're seeing on it what's creating more images and it's like there are times where people need to stop and just take stock of what you've done and then figure out like where can that take you further and then create more work and are you in that position now where you've got enough quote unquote enough work or do you never have enough work um well that's a great question i i definitely have a, a considerable amount uh, of an archive i you know i'm i'm always taking you know, more pictures, certainly, you know, on whether it's on on the weekend or, you know, when I'm not otherwise occupied uh, with work. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got a considerable, a considerable archive built up over the last few years, you know, without question. Do you have any plans for it? Or is it just a case of just uploading it and publishing it whenever you feel like it? You know, truthfully, not, not particularly, I confess, I, you nope. know, I, I'm not with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly organized, you know, with with what I'm doing with it. I, I I love to take pictures. I, you know, I I I I am kind of a control freak in terms of um, the process from beginning to end. You know, I develop my film in my bathroom. Oh, I, really? Yeah, I I digitize it myself. Wow. I I just I I'm kind of a control freak uh, with regards to uh, you know um, everything, but I guess building the camera and manufacturing the film, I kind of want to have control of, you know, 
Um, I, I don't know. I just find that when I develop it myself, uh, as opposed to sending it to a lab, the colors are, are, are richer and more vibrant, uh, you know, and whether, you know, and, and digitizing it myself, you know, that, that kind of gives me the control of, of the image looking the, the way that I envision it, you know, or the way that I would like for it to look, you know, the, as an end result. That's incredible. Absolutely. And also just the skills you, you have to do that as well. Like the variable skills from like, you know, the whole process is, that's incredible. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know if it's uh, yeah. Like I said, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm kind of a control freak. Like I say uh, in, that, in that manner, you know, I mean, certainly when I was starting it out, starting out, you know, I would outsource it to a lab and, and, uh, but then I guess, Pardon me, I got tired of uh, spending the gas to drive across town yeah. to the nearest lab and or 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 being impatient by, you know, sending it off to a lab, not only shipping it off to a lab and waiting for the results to come back. Um, but once I got started uh, developing it myself, I was immediately hooked. That's so cool. That's such an interesting skill to have because it means that there's no, that you're not, oh wait, what's the word? You're not... Um, like you're free to do the whole thing yourself. Like you're like, there's no waiting around for you. There's no like, oh, you know, there's no chance of an error that you didn't account for. That's what I'm trying to say. Like you right. have, as you said, like you have control, but then that also means that the end result is exactly what you want it to be. Not just, oh, wait, you know, what it ended up becoming, it was, this is what I want. Which is actually mm -hmm. quite interesting, seeing as you do it for a hobby. That's very interesting. So a lot of time and effort. Yeah, well, you know, and the other uh, thing, too, is that there, you know, if something doesn't come out, you know, or, or there is a mistake or some of the film is it comes out faded or whatever else, you know, I mean, I've got nobody to blame but myself, you know. Um, and so it it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it just gives me it just gives me control of the whole process. And I, I much prefer it that way. That's absolutely fascinating. I'm so curious about the whole process. And actually, like, how often do you show the process? Uh, you know, I, how often do I show the process? Yeah. Never virtually. I think I made a, like an Instagram reel or something like that, where I, you know, briefly, yes. you know, you know how the five or six second thing, you know, but apart from that, I've, I've not, I, I, I have considered, you know, setting it up a tripod and a camera maybe and, and, yeah. and, and filming the process. Um, I've yet to do it, but I, yeah. I, I certainly have considered it. I think you totally should. I think it'd be such a valuable skill to teach other people. But like, it'd be cool to see you in kind of a lecturer teacher role. I think that'd be really interesting, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, I'll, I'll definitely have to take that into consideration. Maybe I'll do that next time I develop uh, develop film. Maybe I'll maybe I'll set up a camera and, and just record it and then go through it and edit it and see see what I come up with. Yeah, because you could teach like a film developing workshop. Like, they're like there are ways mm -hmm. that you could, you know. I know it's not about necessarily monetizing your skills, but you can monetize your skills, the skills you already have that you do every day that you don't think twice about. And mm -hmm. it's not about because, you know, you want to necessarily make money, quote unquote, but then it's kind of like you have these skills already. Like, why not offer this service? Because there are people out there who are going to want to, particularly nowadays with the cost of living. I don't know if it's the same in America, but here in the UK, we're going through a cost of living crisis. So it's mm -hmm. like, especially with like places like that, people aren't going to want to outsource their, their images to other people. Developing right. it in the bathroom would be, a very good idea. So maybe that's something you should think about. Just some random advice. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, even there is the whole economic uh, perspective too. Yeah, it definitely saves you money, not only on you know the process itself, but also the you know the fuel you consume, you know, or yeah. petrol as you call it, to you yeah. consume driving back and forth to the to the lab. You know. Yeah. Don't think about it. That could be potentially a good opportunity for you, perhaps. Yeah, certainly. So let's get into your work because I feel like I've just got a very long introduction, which is great, but perfect. So, so. Could you please describe your work for those who may not be familiar with it? Uh, well, <clears throat> my work is uh, primarily scenes, uh, again, from all over the U.S. Southwest, mostly Arizona, I suppose, because that's where I live. Um, and it's all either on uh, 35 millimeter or medium format film. Um, the cameras I all use, are, they're all from the you know 60s and 70s. Um, and one thing that I think is kind of cool, some of those older lenses, uh, you know, they kind of add a Oh, sort of a nostalgic uh, effect, sort of naturally, just because you know the glass is aged. Um, I <clears throat> I think that uh, probably one of my very favorite things to do, and I know that you can relate, is to look at the artwork of others. I, I think because you kind of get a glimpse into their into their world, and I think that that's kind of what I I hope to accomplish. Because I think I think as artists, you know, we kind of see the world a little differently, maybe visually. And I I I don't know. I hope more than anything that when anyone looks at my pictures, they're getting a glimpse into my world, kind of my surroundings, and kind of how I see it. But yeah, my my work is is you know it's all either thirty five millimeter or medium format photography. Uh, you know, and again, you know, I, I like to control the process from uh, taking the photograph to the final product, you know, on the computer screen or on printed paper. Um, and I I definitely, I, I tend to, uh, I, I like to take pictures of things that are, that are old and deteriorating, um, things that, you know, may not, and in some cases that are not around anymore. Um, I like the aesthetic of, of the desert uh, and, and uh, the, just the, the natural vibrance of the, of the colors that, that, uh, that we get here down, down in the Sonoran Desert where I live. Um, I, I don't know, in a way, I don't know if I'm going for a nostalgia per se, but I think that's what a lot of my a lot of my work ends up sort of, you know, depicting, I guess, but, uh, it, uh, but yeah, it, 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 it definitely, definitely portrayals sort of of the region where I live, you know, on film. I guess the best way to start is starting from the top, which would be like, why film photography? You know, I, I think film, it, it has, it, you know, whether anyone wants to admit it or not, it has a specific aesthetic that you either cannot achieve or it's very difficult to achieve um, with uh, digital photography. I mean, you can you can emulate it. I mean, you know, whether it's, you know, how you edit the photo in Lightroom or, you know, I think some of the Fuji cameras have like these, you know, film modes that that are pretty cool. But there, there there's definitely I I found a specific aesthetic that that you just can't accomplish with with digital photography. I mean, digital photography, you know, has its place and some people make this the most astonishingly beautiful images digitally that you've seen. Uh, but for me, you know, it, it, it's, it's just kind of the, the look and the aesthetic that, that, that film gives that I, I think is just unrivaled by any, by digital. So actually I'm kind of curious. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like editing and the idea of like the rest of the image? Should a photograph reflect real life? Uh, editing like a film photo? 
Yeah, or a digital photo. Uh, well, I think with with digital photography, you know, and I'm, I don't want to go down like a technical route hole or anything, but with digital photography, you know, uh, they produce what's called a raw image electronically. And uh, it, it looks really flat coming right out of the camera. And there's a reason for that because it gives you more uh, electronically more latitude with which to edit the, the photo as opposed to a JPEG image, which is usually like a, a, a final product. Um, so with digital photography, it's all but necessary uh, to, to edit, do some editing on your photo. Um, with film, um, I edit very, very little, um, pretty much only if it's out of necessity, um, meaning if the digitized image um, isn't properly uh, depicting the look of the film stock of the, of the, or the particular type of film that I, that I've shot it on, you know, I might do some minor adjust, make some minor adjustments or do some minor editing to, to, you know, make it look, look right. But moreover, uh, I edit little, little to none, uh, my, my, uh, digitized film photos. I, I wanted to have that, the, the look of the film. Yeah. Kind of the natural, it's like natural, it's not, you know, processed. Mm -hmm. And that's really right, interesting. That's... Just, yeah. Because I'm, I'm always just curious about like, cause obviously I show everything digitally and I, I've never, I've never shot film with intention i've shot it like when i was at university course and whatever but like not with intention like i don't own a film camera which I, maybe i should actually but it's like and it seems like it's such an alien world to me and it seems very hard um it might not be as hard as i'm thinking it is but it seems very difficult um but i'm just kind of curious because it, it to me i always feel like film photography is like true photography if that makes sense mm -hmm. uh, because you don't necessarily edit the image as much and you, there is no kind of sense of of um untruth to the images if that makes sense um right but but at the same time, I guess one could argue like you're like any every photograph is alive because the way you present is the way you're presenting the world through a certain space because, you know, the way you compose an image will give it a certain narrative or a certain slant that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise see. So I'm kind of curious to, to ask you just in terms of like, what makes you stop to take an image? Uh, what makes me stop to take an image? <clears throat> um, well, it it more often than not <laughs> i'll see something that immediately you know catches my eye or, or immediately it'll just you know just i'll catch a scene of something that you know like i said will command a, a picture um it i'm never looking for it really usually i'm not looking for it usually it, it uh uh, unless I'm going somewhere, you know, I plan to go somewhere where I know there'll be a lot of subject matter, you know. Um, but it it typically for me, um, uh, a lot of time, well, especially when I was doing career work, I was otherwise occupied. You know, I was just mm -hmm. driving along and I would see something and just, you know, hit the brakes, turn around and <laughs> go get the go get the image. Um, it tends to be spur of the moment. I'm pretty spontaneous uh, with my photography more often than not. Unless I, unless I've, you know, it's somewhere I've specifically, you know, put time aside to plan to go to take pictures, if that makes sense. So the thing is, that I'm very curious because obviously you shoot film, which means you have a limited amount of images you can take. So it's like, how, I guess, I, I, I don't know if you can ask the question, but it's like, how do you decide what's, what's going to make, what's like worth photographing? Because you don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of images you can just go back and take. You know, you're very limited in what you can do. 
Yeah, there is. There's a limit with film. That's very true. And, you know, and that's, you know, one difference between, for instance, 35 millimeter and medium format, I mean, is the difference between a roll of 36 exposures versus uh, 10, yeah. uh, you know, on a six by, on my largest six by seven camera. And so when, when shooting medium format, you certainly have to be very intentional with every shot, you know, because film isn't cheap, you know, um, yeah. It's not very particularly easy to come by, you know, especially medium format film. Um, and even 35 millimeter with 35 millimeter, you know, you've got a little bit more freedom to to maybe, you know, not get it right, you know, here and there. But and that's just it, too. You know, it in in film, even with film, it's it's going to be far from every picture you take that, you know, is going to be, you know, something that, you know, you're going to want to share with others or show or put on social media or whatever the case may be. Um, not like we're digital where you can just rattle off, you know, picture yeah. after picture, you know, that electronic contact sheets, you know, um, with the cost and price of the film, you know, it's, uh, and especially with medium format, you know, you, you're, you're very, very limited, you know, so you want to be intentional uh, with, with your shots, you know, so it, it, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a limit. There's a limit on what you can, what you can shoot as opposed to digital when you're shooting film. It just, I don't know, I just find it really fascinating because um, I was, I was going through my own images earlier because as my day off, I thought I might organize some stuff because why not? Mm -hmm. um, and it's just, I was just thinking about it, like, you know, I have like hundreds and hundreds of images from like one place and it's like, if I shot film, it would be a handful at best. And it's like, it, it's, it's weird that you have to be so intentional because photography is kind of, it's hard to be intentional because sometimes you just don't know what you want to do and you don't know what's going to make a good image. So like what for you, like what makes a good image for you? Um, <clears throat> what makes a good image? I, I think something that, uh, I guess something that, uh, I guess in my case, the photography that I'm into, I like I like traces of humanity in my photos, whether they people are in the photo physically or not. Um, I you know some of these like more like landscape type of type of photographers like Ansel Adams, obviously and Michael Fry, some of these guys, you know, they definitely uh, prefer you know free of any traces of humanity. You know these large vast landscapes. You know, and for me. I definitely prefer the human element. You know, I like uh, the, the 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 landscape in combination with you know the traces of of, of the human element. You know, I like whether it's uh, you know old buildings or or uh, you know signs signage or vehicles or or whatever. So I guess you know what makes a great image. I mean, there's a lot of wonderful images out there, but for me, for for my purposes, uh, I definitely prefer uh kind of a combination of 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 man-made versus you know on the backdrop of of a natural setting so why do you think that photography is a good medium to explore like idea of like man versus nature or like man within nature uh well i think that um i think uh documentation is important i think uh you know posterity um you know, I I mentioned uh, my my father, my late father's huge archive of slide uh, film photog photos that I have. I think it's, um, you know, I mean, prior to photography, I mean, what there was, you know, uh, 
paintings, you know, that was the only uh, historical, you know, uh, uh, visual record of anything. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's important to to uh, document, you know, to to um, capture images uh, because, you know, again, like especially a lot of what I take pictures of, you know, are are things that aren't going to even be there forever. In many cases are already gone. So do you consider yourself a documentary photographer? Not well, that's a good question. Not not particularly. Um, I, I I think I'm more. I guess I fancy myself more of a. I, I'm more about the aesthetic. Uh, well, I, I definitely think again, like I said, I think it's definitely important to document. Um, I, I I definitely am going more for the look. You know, I. Uh, I guess I'm more uh, captivated by colors. You know, um, well, I I love black and white photography. I love to look at you know black and white photography. Like you know, you think of you know photographers like Robert Frank and some of the amazing work he's done. You know, for me, uh, for my purposes, uh, I I I enjoy color. You know, I, I enjoy how it just jumps off the page and 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 in conjunction with uh, you know the 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 scene or the humanity you know and 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 the tones and that for me that's that's what's most captivating about about at least the photography that I prefer and that I take so would you consider your work more observational then as opposed to documentary yes yes definitely more observational so that's fascinating because you obviously said that you're interested in documentary but you're also interested in aesthetics but I feel like that's interesting your work does actually sit in that interesting middle ground that is kind of it's actually neither. It's neither observational nor it's documentary. It's somewhere in the middle of the two of them. It's like almost, it's narrative. It kind of shifts from between being observ- observational and narrative because it's about something because it denotes to a certain story of the landscape. But it's also mm-hmm. actually documenting the landscape itself through that, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, I definitely, <clears throat> when I see something, you know, uh, I touched on this earlier. I hope that I can recreate that so that when someone else looks at my uh, pictures, you know, or at least I hope to accomplish this, that uh, someone is able to see it just how I saw it, just how it caught my eye, just the scene that I saw when, when I, you know, walked by or drove past or, you know, first laid eyes upon that, you know, and I don't know if that's common with artists and photographers per se. I mean, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of different philosophical approaches, you know, we could go on yeah. on for days about that. But uh, for me, I just, I, I, I hope to accomplish recreating that, you know, and handing that over to the viewer exactly as I saw it. So how does your own upbringing filter through your work? Uh, well, my upbringing, you know, I, going back to uh, my dad, he was a, in his professional career, uh, he worked uh, for a tech company in the darkroom, you know, like I said, in the late 60s and 70s. And so uh, I I can remember, you know, growing up like in the 80s, you know, and my folks would have friends over and there was the the invariable, you know, everybody sit down in the living room, he'd set up the slide projector and pull down the screen and that, you know, his kids are rolling your eyes and, you know, brother, you know, whatever. Uh, but retrospectively, obviously, I mean, how cool was that? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that was that was amazing, and, and definitely had a direct uh, 
influence, you know, on my, on my passion and drive, you know, to, to get out there and, and, and make, make images, you know. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm always very interested because obviously you take pictures of the place in which you live and America has a very kind of wide reaching American dream aesthetic. And it's just kind of interesting. Like, why do you think that people are so kind of enamored with the idea of America? Um, well, I think that, uh, I, I think the vastness hmm. of, 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 of the U S and, you know, I, I know as an American, when I think, I, I think of, uh, you know, a big, large, vast country, I don't know. I think of like, you know, Russia or Canada yeah. or something yeah. like that, but the U S in its own right is, is a, a very, very vast, uh, uh, landscape. And when I mentioned recently, a, a really good uh, artist friend of mine, we took that trip to uh, southeastern California, kind of like Palm Springs and east and north. And and uh, we were uh, driving along an old uh, patch of highway. And you look out the window and actually he mentioned me, he said, I wonder what the nearest town is, you know, from the direction we were headed. And, and I I pulled up my, you know, Google Maps that I, you know, I think I had like one bar of coverage or something. <laughs> and literally literally looking to the north or the northeast into the mountains there was not one trace of human civilization between where we were and las vegas <laughs> wow and it, and it is and you know and I, I love it i mean you look out the window and and you know you think you know not to be morbid or, but I mean, if you wanted to disappear, <laughs> Good, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, and, and I think that that is part of what, uh, fat, maybe what fascinates people, um, with the, with America. Um, I think that, um, also, especially the Southwest region where I live, I think the, um, the, you know, the buzzing half burnout neon, you know, yeah. mothball-filled yeah. motel, you know, uh, I think that classic scene, you know, kind of the, you know, kind of that Breaking Bad look, kind of, I think, at least in my region, I think is kind of uh, uh, fascinating uh, from from a visual perspective. Um, I think that, uh, I, I think people view Americans as, for that reason, I think they might view Americans as itinerant. You know, um, I know that I, you know, I certainly haven't done much in the way of overseas traveling, but I've definitely traversed this country. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. I've been to most most major cities in this country. I think a lot of Americans have. Um, and so, you know, I mean, it's it's. I don't know that, you know, and, and this country is divided into states. You could live in a state that's landlocked or you could live in a coastal state or you can live in a state bordering another country like I do. Um and I think that I think that the topographical diversity also, you know, the geographical, the the diversity in climates, you know, all over all over this country, I think might uh, be partly what what uh, fascinates people that aren't from here. Maybe. Actually, um, it's a fascinating place. It's absolutely fascinating. But that's you, you actually have a lot of good points there. And I think definitely the vastness of it, like for sure, like for sure. It's because like, obviously here, like if you drive two hours here, you're in a, you've just traveled through like, you know, three or four different cities. Whereas in, in America, travel for six hours in a straight line and you're still in the middle of nowhere. Like that makes no sense to me. Um, yeah. That's insane. That's insane. 
But it's also like, it's yeah. funny because here we, I can get away with not driving, whereas you have to drive because you can't get anywhere otherwise, which is funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is well, especially where I live. You know, when I when I lived up in Portland, it wasn't so much that way. I mean, I, I had a little 50cc scooter. Uh, actually, it belonged to a friend, but he lent it to me for quite a while. And I, that city, I could buzz around on that. Yeah. That had a maximum speed of, you know, 40 miles an hour or something. But not where I live now. Where I live now, you've got to have an automobile or you're, you're not going to get anywhere, you know, uh, in, in Phoenix. So do you have any particular place you would like to shoot? Um... Eastern Europe. I, I, I have a fascination with Eastern Europe. I, not just the, uh, the architecture, but also, um, I see a lot of these, uh, photographers that, that, uh, are, you know, maybe either Czech or they're, you know, Hungarian or, or Polish or something. And, and I, I think of these like, black and white nighttime fog filled noir shots. Uh, you know, I also think of, uh, 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 the architecture and the culture and, uh, it, that, that, that part of the world really fascinates me. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to make it to Eastern Europe. That's a very good choice. Actually. I'm like, oh, that's a very good choice. I think it's always interesting to go somewhere that you don't know because the whole mm -hmm. idea is that it's it's so different. And as you said, like the culture, like that's a really good point because you're so kind of embedded where you live and kind of mm -hmm. like getting outside of your environment, even just the country you're from, if you can, mm -hmm. because it's easy to do nowadays, but you know, traveling to a new new city or a new country is, you know, it really opens your, your eyes to like, there are different things to photograph and there are different ways that people look at things. And you know photography is very subjective like that's the thing that we forget very easily like just because you like an image but you seem that 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 fascinates you doesn't mean the next person is going to like kind of understand it or get it like how much do you care about kind of like the context of your work when people see it uh well it <clears throat> the context of my work i think uh it is important in turn at least to me important in terms of again i you know, not to be redundant, but to, you know, that it's portrayed how I see it. Um, you know, when I, and you're very right about it being subjective, art altogether is, is yeah, very subjective. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, when, uh, I mean, you can go to an art show and, you know, where they give out a first, second, and third prize, you know, and you're kind of thinking, oh, oh man, that's a lot different than what I would chose, you know, yeah. but that's, that's, that's part of what makes it so, so great. I think, you know, is that you know how everybody interprets it, it different you know um and visually philosophically you know how it you know jumps off the page or screen at you you know the uh, art show that i was at recently uh the person that won it was like this something on a it was like a video on a screen and it, it was just it was really really unique and unusual that might have been part of why it did so well, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just so subjective. So is it important for you to have like an original style or kind of have your work stand out? Um, if you want to know the truth, not really, I guess, uh, as far as originality goes, I, I don't really think about it very much. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, in a way, um, certainly, but I, when I go out uh, to make images, I, I'm not 
I'm not so concerned uh, with, well, has this done before or, ha or has this been done before? Um, has this been shot before? I mean, I think that any medium of art, whether it's, you know, a, you know, oil acrylics or sculptures or photography, you know, it's, it's uniqueness is, I think, difficult to achieve. Um, you know, it's, I mean, a true, a really true uniqueness is difficult to achieve. So I guess I don't really think about it much. I, 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 I hate to be so cavalier as to say, I don't care, but yeah. I don't think about it so much. I just, I go out and just enjoy making the images I, that I make. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. that's a uh, great kind of response, a, a great kind of mindset to have. My next question, your answer might be different to my next question then, but like, do you ever think about the oversaturation of like the art industry and how many photographs are being made? Is that something you ever, is like, is that ever concern you or do you ever just not think about that? Um, in a way, I, I guess that that's, that's such a great question um, because, I mean, obviously you can get on, a social media, you know, you get on Instagram and you can see, you know, uh, different, different photos or different reels of the same thing or the same theme, the same with the same music or whatever. Um, but I guess, I, you know, sometimes when a particular subject is revisited, it's done in a different way and, uh, and, and can affect people completely differently. So, Again, and that ties into the, the subjectivity of it, you know. Um, so, I mean, whether it's themes or whether it's visually, um, I think that, you know, uniqueness is uh, is an amazing thing, you know, if it can be achieved. Um, but I think oversaturation, I guess it depends on what it is. But I know when I shoot, I guess I just don't really think. It's just not something I really think about that much. I, I, I guess I don't... I, Again, I'm not trying to sound cavalier, but I guess I don't feel like I have a lot to prove to anybody. You no, know, no, I, that's no, that's see, that's just, interesting. See, that's very interesting. I feel like when I go out and shoot images, that like I feel the same. Like I don't go out and shoot images going like, oh, a thousand people have to like this. I go out and shoot stuff I like, whether people look at it or not. And I don't mm -hmm. post. Actually, I haven't posted most of what I've shot anyway. But it's kind of like a lot of people I know, a lot of people I speak to, or, or people I speak to, should I say? Um, they they seem to feel like their work has to be liked and their work has to be shared and their work has to be seen. Otherwise their self-worth, they don't have any self-worth as like a photographer, as an artist. And I kind of feel right. like, what are your thoughts and opinions on that in terms of like, how do you kind of, I guess, how do you measure your own self-worth as a photographer, as an artist? Uh, well, one thing I think that a lot of photographers will tell you uh, is let's talk about Instagram, for example. Okay. Instagram is not a portfolio. And I think that uh, it's interesting when you go to post certain pictures and you think to yourself, oh my goodness, what an amazing picture of man is. And then, you know, hardly, it does hardly gets any likes, you know, I mean, it could be algorithmic or it could be, you know, it just doesn't impress other people the certain, you know, the same way that it, that it did uh it did you and i've got lots of pictures like that and uh, you know those are some of my favorite pictures whether other people uh you know appreciate them the same the same way that i do or not um <clears throat> i think that uh i think as, as far as measuring my self-worth uh i don't know i i 
I guess I just enjoy enjoy what I do. Um, you know, I, I I guess I don't. I guess I don't look at it like that. You know, if that makes sense. I just maybe it's a maybe it's a cavalier attitude. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's. Uh, but I just I just enjoy doing what I do, and I don't. I guess I just it's not something I really think that much about. See, that's interesting, just because I feel like, but you still create stuff. So that means you must have mm-hmm. some, there has to be some underlying motivation for why you keep, why you keep creating stuff. The way I look at it is, is uh, when I create an image and I, you know, it pleases a few of my friends and family, I think, and, and, and then a few people, that's great. You know, if it's something that uh, garners a lot of recognition, um, uh, something that like was accepted at that, you know, art show recently, you know, that's a huge bonus. You know, um, and I, you know, I'm very humbled and appreciate, you know, every, every iota of it. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I don't know, it, it I guess, it, you know, other, other people that have, that have uh, uh, expressed appreciation for it, you know, in the past is, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's good enough if I all of a sudden tomorrow just became enormously uh, recognized and hugely successful that would be great that would be great you know but it's it's not something i guess that i wake up every morning and and uh, think you know what what how what can i do to become the next you know william eggleston or yeah. joe marowitz you know I, I guess i just don't really i don't really think about that so much i just i i love to get my camera put it in a bag and hop in my car and drive out and take pictures um Interestingly enough, um, while I love to control the whole process, the actual pro- uh, process of developing the film, I actually don't care for it at all. You know, the actual act of <laughs> developing film, I actually don't care for it. I mean, it's a really nasty chemicals and hmm. and it's, uh, you know, um, but I love the result. You know, I love it when I pull it out and hang it up to dry and a couple hours later it's dry, you know, and I I, I I look at it and there's no water spots and it just dried beautifully and it just those really, really rich, uh, newly minted negatives. You know, I mean, I, I, I absolutely, it's one of my favorite things in the world, but the actual, actually developing the film, yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, but, but I like to do it because, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, it, it, it gets the job done. You know, I don't have to wait for someone else to develop the film or, you know, the get the negatives or, or the developed photos back in the mail, you know, it's completely under my control. So you said earlier about nostalgia and you said, you know, the film has like that film photography or using film in general has like a nostalgic sense to it. But like, like is nostalgia important to you and your work? And also do you think it's, it's getting to a point where it's now overdone? Um, <clears throat> I think yes and yes. I, I think that it, you know, especially with the uh, explosion in the popularity of film photography, it's gotten enormously popular, which is wonderful uh, in terms of, you know, uh, Kodak recently started manufacturing uh, a new film stock, you know, uh, in medium format. And, and that's that's a great thing. Um, so for the sake of the availability, um, that's great. But yes, I think that I think with the enormity of its popularity i think that that it has gotten maybe uh maybe a a little cliche um but i also think that it is important um 
for uh, I mentioned earlier, posterity and important for you know something to have you know many years from now to to look back and uh, something that captured the moment, um, whether it's something from your own personal life or, or or something you know something on a commercial level. Um, you know, obviously with the advent of you know everybody having a uh, with how advanced cell phone cameras have gotten. Yeah. You know, I mean, certainly everybody, everybody's taking pictures and, and, uh, you know, everybody with a new, you know, iPhone 25 Super X in their pocket with this hotshot camera. Um, although it does, you know, it, it's using this kind of automatic HDR and AI that produces these wonderfully colorful, nice images that are, that are awesome for social media and sharing with your friends and family. Obviously it's not going to give you the latitude that a, you know, a full frame professional digital photography will, you know, in terms of uh, post-production and, and uh, how far you can go editing the photograph. But, but I think that nostalgia is, I, I think it's, I think it's still, I think it's still very important. I think it still plays a very important role in the medium. And in terms of, you know, some gives us something we can look back on uh, in fondness or otherwise. So what do you think, this is kind of an off the cuff question, but what do you think will be nostalgic in 20 years time from our current living situation? Um, <clears throat> well, I, your guess is as good as mine. Um, <laughs> I think that, uh, you know, it, it's hard to say, you know, I mean, I remember, uh, and I think any Gen Xer that grew up in the 80s could relate, you know, when everybody had the big hair and the bright colors and everything else. Um, in those days, nobody would have been caught dead in bell-bottom jeans, you know. But then along come the 90s with, you know, Nirvana and, and uh, you know, everything, all the fashions and everything changing, you know. And, and so, uh, and I know... For me, growing up in the eighties, I, I certainly didn't expect that, you know. So, what what would be considered nostalgic? Um, maybe, maybe spending all your time on social media will be nostalgic in twenty years. I hope. Yeah, that's a really that's a great answer, actually. You know, yeah. Hopefully, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, having your eyes glued to your, you know, to the screen of your phone. Hopefully, that'll be nostalgic. You know, hopefully, hopefully, it'll be trendy to to uh get out and uh you know see the world uh, you know outside of your phone screen handy as they are i mean so do you think that's probably why because i'm just kind of curious because the thing about photography is that it does actually enable you to actually go outside like you have to go outside to mm -hmm. be a photographer it's like deep rooted in the actual act of you have to because you know even like painting i guess even art in general is that like it takes you outside of the screen and outside of yourself as well and I'm kind mm -hmm. of just curious, what do you want people to look at? What people should think of when they see your work? Do you want your work to do you do you want your work to say 2022? What do I want my work to say in 2022? Um that is a great question. I I hope that my I hope that my work directly uh directly reflects uh the area that where where I live, you know, and uh this just the uh just visually how i see it and that the region around me and um the climate the, the uh uh you know the the, the human element and uh, i i hope that it gives people a good uh 
uh, perspective of my my part of the world, visually and otherwise. So, do you think that Anil could be a photographer? Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, virtually everybody is a photographer with a phone in their pocket, I guess. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a, a from a philosophical standpoint. I mean, if if you're talking about it from an artistic perspective. Um, if someone is taken seriously, I think it, it, and they're going to uh, have it be an embodiment um, and an expression of of uh, how life and the world around them, you know, affects their lives, you know, and and how <clears throat> how they will express it through their own creative processes. Um, but I, I think that I think absolutely. I mean, I think that if the uh, if the passion is there, you know, I think that the skill the skill will come naturally, will naturally follow. So what is your creative process like? Like, how do you get from, is it, so when it, because obviously still quite, your work is very spontaneous. So like, you know, when you go out and shoot, it's very spontaneous, but do you plan to go out and shoot or is it just like you happen to be doing something and then you see something? Um, all the above. I, oh. you know, like I, I said, when I, when I was doing courier work, it was really conducive to uh the more spontaneous uh shooting um because i mean i could be you know sitting there at the parking garage in phoenix and i could you know all of a sudden i could be on my way to albuquerque new mexico or something um you know so uh and i made it a habit a long time ago to always have my camera with me always have a a camera with me so that when i do see something uh you know I'm going to, I'm going to get, get an image. Um, but I also, I also will definitely plan and put aside time to uh, go out and shoot. Um, a couple of months ago, I, I was back East. I went to uh, South Carolina and, and uh, Northern Georgia, and I was with a really good group of friends of non photographer, non artist type friends. Um, so, you know, I just had my one little camera with me and it wasn't, uh, there was only so many times I could say, oh, you know, hey, I'm sorry, can you pull over for just a second? You know, <laughs> as we're, you know, on our way to wherever, wherever we, we were going. But I, uh, you know, I definitely, I definitely, I, I have a lot of places I haven't been that I would like to go. But I definitely like to uh, plan and put aside time just specifically to make images. Um, but but a lot of it a lot of it's spontaneous. So talking about friends and the idea of like community, like do you feel like you're part of a larger art community? Uh, you know that is a great question. Um, there recently there was a a group I saw on social media local and um, last. I'm going to do his name drop, but there was a group of um, film photographers that wanted that were going to congregate, and I thought it's going to. I thought I would go and join them, and when I showed up, it was one of those things where you show up and you kind of get that vibe where it's not a not really your crowd, you know, sort yeah. of thing, which is neither here nor there, not good or bad. It just was one of those things, and I after you know just a few short minutes, I thought, well. I'm just going to go do something else. Um, and these were some, they were definitely kind of their own, you know, club for lack of a better way to put it. Um, 
but on the other hand, I I I definitely embrace uh, some of the community and, and camaraderie um, of of a larger community. Um, I especially you know since I've uh, had that piece shown at that exhibit that. Uh, I've definitely felt like I've been included a little more uh, in a local community on a local level. Um, but, you know, be it local or, or online, you know, I, I definitely feel definitely, definitely part of a community. So I think one thing that I think is very important to artists in general is a sense of community or is at least a sense of like belonging somewhere. And I'm, I'm kind of curious because so a conversation I had with um, a really good photographer friend called I'm Surrounded By, his name's uh, such a great photographer and we were talking about the idea of introversion and extroversion and like that really affects the way in which you you know you communicate with other people and the way in which you approach other people and like where do you fall on that scale like are you more introverted more extroverted are you somewhere in between uh i think somewhere in between you know i i have no aversion to my work being seen by others I, it's not something that i've been particularly shy about um but on the other hand i I definitely uh, could be maybe looked at as being somewhat of an introvert in terms of when I most often when I go out and uh, uh, shoot photos, it's by myself. I mean, probably 95 percent of the time it's just I'm alone. It's by myself. Um, but I, uh, you know. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 I enjoy the community of it. I enjoy uh, congregating with others and, uh, you know, uh, talking about or, or sharing work with. Um, but so I would say probably, eh, probably somewhere about probably directly in the middle. I, I, I love to be by myself. You know, I'm, I'm a very independent type person. I'm certainly independent when I'm, uh, you know, when it's just myself and my camera, uh, you know, I, I haven't really uh, done a lot of, you know, photo walks or going out shooting with groups. It's just not something that I've really done, not for any particular reason. Um, but I, I, but on the other hand, yeah, like I said, I, I, but I have no problem, you know, talking with others. I enjoy talking with others about that, about uh, my work or their work. I loved it. Uh, I have no aversion to showing my work or others seeing my work. Uh, so probably somewhere in the middle. I'm sure the best way to ask a question is that, like, I don't think the question will be relevant to you or not. But like, how good are you at mark? Like, how comfortable are you with marketing your work? Uh, with marketing my work, you know, not not particularly. Um, I guess uh, uh, maybe for lack of an interest in trying. Um, yeah. Not that I'm opposed to it. I I. Uh, but as far as marketing my work, it, it's not something that I've really delved into uh, much uh at all um i know that there's uh you know obviously there's there's the, a right way to do it um that you know I, i'm just not familiar with it it's just not something that i've ever moved on okay i'm just curious because it's just like you said that you know you don't have any aversion to showing your work and i think that's kind of interesting because i feel like a lot of people are very cautious about showing their work to people because it can be very personal even if it's just mm -hmm. a picture of a landscape, it might seem like, oh, it's a landscape, but it can still be very personal because every image, I can't remember who said it, I should really know, but someone said every image is a self-portrait and it's true because like every image contains a part of you. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it can be very vulnerable or it can be very kind of just hard to show people, whether that's online or in person. 
And just because you said that, you know, you have no aversion to people saying it, I'm a bit like, well, that's kind of interesting because normally people are quite shy. They're a bit like, oh, you know, I don't know how people are going to react. Maybe because you're coming out from a different intention. Your intention isn't to necessarily make a lot of money, become a big name necessarily. Uh, maybe that's because of your perspective. But it's just interesting you said that. I was like, oh, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it, uh, I don't know, I get it keeps me honest. And I, I, again, like I said, I, I if I, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if I knew how to do it, or maybe if I put the effort into doing it, you know, maybe I would really enjoy it. Um, it's just not something I'm, I'm, uh, you know, very familiar with. I think that, uh, but you're absolutely right. You know, I think, uh, you know, every, every photo is a, is a piece of you. Every photo is a self portrait, no matter what it is. That's, that is so true. Um, and I, I definitely, um, see myself in a lot in the majority of my photography, of my own pictures when I look at them, um, you know, and, and your, your pictures and your art is, uh, you know, it, it's a highly personal thing. Um, but I don't know why it is. I guess I just have never, I've never, uh, I, I'm certainly not shy about other people seeing it you know and i have you know great compassion for those that that are that you know maybe are timid and have the trepidation uh with sharing their work with others um but it's just not something that i uh that i've experienced but um as far as marketing goes you know i think that i would be a little more a little more concerned with the failure when it comes to the marketing. And if there's anything that you've got to fall down and pick yourself up from uh, is, is marketing. I mean, you know, any successful marketer is, is going to be accustomed uh, to door after door after door slamming in their face, you know, and just getting right back up, you know, and eventually the, that one out of a thousand that says, okay, and gives you the time of day. And then you, you know, you go from there, you know, so I know that it's said marketing is very, very tough. And uh, some people, some people naturally, you know, they, they, it's like, it's like it comes naturally to them, you know, and then some people, some people have become very successful at it, but it's taken years and years and years of, of failure uh, before they've found success. That is a very good point, actually. It's a really good kind of consideration about that. You have to be determined, you know, whether you're doing this for a hobby or if you're doing this you know, for a career, like you still have to be determined because like either way you're right, like things aren't going to always go your way and you're not always going to get everything you want or think you, or even everything you deserve. You know, I, there's so many artists I see who have got, you know, like, and for instance, like, you know, it's just low follow accounts and it's like their work is incredible. And you look at that and you're like, how is this possible? But then you forget it. things aren't fair. Like life isn't really fair. Things don't work out the way you think they're going to work out. And you're right, it's all about marketing, it's about who you know, it's all about what you know, it's about how you know. And it's kind of, I don't know, it never fails to amaze me when I see people and I'm like, this person should be way more, quote unquote, bigger, or should have more opportunities, it's probably the best way to put it, than they do now. Because I think, definitely social media, it's not really necessarily about, for me at least, in my experience of it so far, it's not about follower count, it's about engagement, it's about meeting people, mm -hmm. it's about, you know, actually connecting with people who at least for me, are interesting and who I'm curious about. And um, I think sometimes we're too caught up on numbers. And like kind of what is it, like, I guess briefly, but like what are your thoughts on social media? I, I think I mentioned this earlier, you know, the whole world's on social media. Um, I think that uh, 
I also, uh, you know, would reiterate that any photographer will tell you that, you know, Instagram, uh, for instance, is not a, uh, uh, a portfolio. Um, but I think it has also provided us with an incredible, uh, you know, opportunity to, to uh, connect with other people, you know, on a scale that, you know, we, you know, never before in human history is has ever been available um i think that uh i think it's important to not uh be too consumed by it i i think it's important to um uh look at art and photography through other mediums um you know and maybe something that you know you might come across you may come across somebody's art that you, you know, that really captivates you, you know, through social media. Um, but I think it's important to like, you know, maybe take your deeper dive into that artist, you know, yeah. outside of social media, you know, and I think, you know, I think you're going to get a lot better because social media, you know, when you think whether it's, you know, Instagram or, or Flickr or, you know, any of these other social media sites, I mean, it's so formulaic. You know, so while, yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the pictures and the short videos, you know, are, are going to be, you know, can unique and different, you know, different from one another. It It's still so formulaic that a lot of it kind of, you know, uh, seems so, so similar. And I think that that can also uh, contribute to uh, a lack of originality. And so, like, I love, I love photo books, like physical books for interest. Uh, like, I mean, I've got uh, some of my favorite phot uh, photographers, like, you know, Fred Herzog or William Eggleston, you know, Robert Frank, some of these, some of these uh, incredible photographers that I, I mean, I can, I can take one of their books and I can, you know, spend half the day just, you know, turning the pages and just looking at picture after picture. I think social media is, is crucial because um of how much the rest of the world relies on it and spends their time on it but i think it's it's important to um you know it, it can be a great way to discover artists but i think it's important if you're going to do a deeper dive to maybe try to try to uh find them outside of social media if that makes sense um and i know that if you're on uh, something like Twitter, you know, uh, you know, avoiding the vitriol as best you can. And, and uh, you know, so, but it, play, it, it definitely plays a crucial role, I think, in sharing your work. Do you think that, because uh, the, the interesting about you is because you obviously develop your own work, so you have it that physically in front of you. Like, does your work translate well online? Um, I think it does. Does my Does it translate well online? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I feel like it does. I feel like it translates pretty well online. Um, you know, I mean, I know as, as, as a photographer, you're certain you're not going to share every photo, you know, you're going to go through them and you're going to find the ones that, that you think are, are, are some of the better ones. And those are the ones you're going to, going to share. But I, I feel like they do. I feel like, um, I feel like I get a pretty good response, um, from people overall. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. I think whether it's the, the colors and the tones or the, or the, uh, 
the framing. I, I feel like I feel like that. I feel like it is translated well online. Yeah, I'm just curious because obviously, unlike a lot of photographers, you actually get to see a work as a physical image. Like you can tangible, mm. you can hold it. And I feel like a lot right. of photographers don't ever do that. Like people rarely ever, like if you're a digital photographer, you would rarely ever print your work unless you needed to. Um, mm. And like, so like, do you think it's important, or like, do you think there's a difference between seeing an image online and offline? Vastly. I think there's an enormous difference. Um, you know, I know that one thing that I've been interested in doing uh, that I haven't done before um, is, uh, you know, I'm working on uh, putting together a, a photo scene, you know, like a mm. small photo book. Um, and what I did was I I just went down to the you know local drugstore and just had just cheap prints made of just maybe about, I don't know, 80 or 90 uh, wow. photographs. And not you know far from high quality print but that's not the purpose and so in my other room um i've you know taken some blue tape and i've taped them on the wall like pairing them off and what, you wow. know, what photos would go together and uh and i think that <clears throat> they're not i i don't think anything can re quite replicate um a beautifully printed photo you know whether it's in a book or on the wall I, in my opinion there, there is no comparison as, as stunning as the image might be that you, whether you see it on Instagram or on a web page or wherever, I, I, I think there is zero comparison to the physical, tangible photograph in front of you in any way. No comparison. Yeah, yeah because I think that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of photographers never get to experience that physicality of their own work. And I feel like it becomes something so different because you bring it into the world. It's, it's a physical object. It's not just a flattened experience. And I think that's, mm -hmm. it's something that people we don't really often get to experience. I think it's just very interesting because you develop your own work as well. It's like you, you're constantly surrounded by that. And I love this idea of taping your images on the wall. I think more people need to print their work and um, mm -hmm. have it around them because you have a different perspective. Like the parent, like, I think that's really interesting. And I, I mentioned how, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm currently, you know, working on putting together a photo scene because uh, uh, I haven't made one before, but that that's not entirely true. I did, I did uh, have a photo book made. It was just, oh, wow. you know, a single one, but, but even that, and I was pretty happy with the way it turned out. It, you know, it'd be really expensive to print a, you know, uh, a bunch of them out, but, but it, it, you know, it, it was just lovely to have it, you know, physically in front of me, you know, and even just to thumb through that book, you know? So, yeah, I mean, just nothing's like having the physical photo in front of you. There's one thing I really wanted to do in the next, I keep saying three years. I said about a year ago, three years, um, but is to make a photo book. Cause obviously I know a lot of photographers and I know a lot of people who love their work in print. So I thought it'd be really cool to put together a photo book and have like, I don't really know, like some kind of annual or something. Um, and have just yeah. like a really nice thick volume of just images. Um, maybe with like mm -hmm. some interviews or whatever. It's something that's on my mind. I've been thinking about it for a long time and it's not a really, really would love to do. I think it'd be, it'd be such a good investment in terms of just like something, just something tangible to put, to put, you know, like it's a good project to do that's tangible that would benefit other people. Um, I think, I don't know, that's just something I'm really kind of conscious of doing. And if that's something you'll ever be interested in participating in, yeah. let me know. Because, um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I've got a, I've got a few of my photographer friends I know that you know they'll put out uh, something maybe I don't know biannually or something. Yeah. Um, I've got one photographer friend. She puts out uh, uh, 
like a photo zine and it's it's sort of a large like you know traditional magazine size she puts maybe a couple out a year um i've got another another friend that um doesn't put them out with any regularity but put out a couple you know that i that i definitely like to get my hands on as as soon as they uh become available and yeah i think i think it's i think uh putting together i think a photo zine a photo book i think it's really important to do that and i think a lot of a lot of photographers will tell you the same thing i think it's it's uh i need to i need to practice what i preach which is what i'm currently doing <laughs> photos i just i just need to get it done <laughs> but yeah, uh, but about yeah time isn't i it? think yeah, yeah, but no, I think it'd be a great idea, and I'd I'd love to see it. I'd love to get my hands on it when you when you're done with it. Hmm. Just something thinking of it's one of those like long term goals that will be a cool idea, but you know, yeah. we'll see because it's time, money, yeah, you know, experience. It's not something I've ever done before, so it's not something. And it's not I wouldn't want to do it like super cheaply. I'd want to do it well, and that would take, probably take time itself. But that's cool. It's something to think about. It's on my yeah. long list of things to do eventually. No. Right. So I've got probably another 10 or so questions, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely perfect. So do you think that photography is a form of art? Um without question. I think um I think that photography uh and art uh you know go hand in hand. I think that you uh any artist is you know it's an expression of uh, the world around them and their life and you know how how uh their world has affected their life and how and that it is um going back to what you're saying earlier about it being very personal um but yeah i think i think that the photograph is is art in every single way absolutely so do you think that society and Dorelli's photography and if so, is it because it's so accessible? Um, I think, I think to a degree, yeah. You know, we talked earlier about you know the with the advent of the not just the cell phone camera, but with how you know advanced they've gotten. Um, I think that there, uh, I think that that there is it, it has gotten undervalued to a degree. Um, I think unless you're more um, someone that, you know, has a particular taste or appreciation for, uh, you know, uh, artistic photography, you know, I think that, uh, I think that there definitely has been, it, it definitely overall on a societal scale, I would say, yes, it's become undervalued a little bit. However, uh, certainly, uh, with the pop, the explosion and the popularity of film photography, um, it's also gotten more people into it. That's true. You know, so, so there is that. So, and you know, I guess it. I guess it. It's just a matter of how you look at it. You know, but but I think overall, I think uh, maybe, maybe yeah, a little bit. The, the reason the reason I ask is because I feel like, in some cases, there doesn't always seem to be the same kind of opportunity presented to photographers as the art artist, or let's say, for instance, traditional painters. Like for instance, like gallery representation, selling prints, having workshops, doing lectures. There's there's in, to me at least maybe it's different in america but here in the uk at least or maybe just i've not been looking in the right places but it seems like there's there's that kind of a lack there of like let's you know because you know i can't think of a single gallery here in the uk which there will be somewhere but like that will that is exclusively for photographers like to self photography mm -hmm. or like that has a strong emphasis on photography um yeah. i'm kind of just kind of curious like as to like why that is and also 
I wonder if it is because obviously if we all have camera phones now, we are all technically photographers to some degree. Um, but is there a difference between an image taker and an image maker? Um, oh yeah, without question. I, I, and by the way, you know, in the States here, from what I've, the galleries I've seen, it's the same way, you know, I mean, mm. there's most, I think it's a uh, highly high emphasis on, you know, uh, paintings, you know, and sculptures, even as opposed to uh, photography per se. Um, in fact, the, the, that uh, exhibit that I've got that piece in, I think that I, my photograph, I think there might've been one or two other photographs, maybe in the whole exhibit. I mean, uh, other than that, they were all, you know, either paintings or uh, sculptures or, you know, other unique mediums, you know. Um, I, I think that, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, there's there's certainly a difference between an, an image taker and a, or, you know, a picture taker and an image maker, you know, I mean, Anybody can, you know, again, pull their phone out of their pocket and snap a picture of, uh, you know, whatever they want, wherever, whenever they want. And uh, in a lot of ways, that's a great thing, you know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, it would be interesting to see uh, a gallery that more had more of an emphasis on on uh, photography, per se. I think, um, and I don't know why this you don't see that that much. I feel like maybe because when you think about artistic photography, quote unquote, mm. you get a very like distilled sense of some <clears> abstract <throat> black and white or right. Gregory Cruston. You know, you kind of get like that kind of scale or like Todd Heider. You kind of get that kind of scale. You don't really get anything in between. I think that's mm. really the problem is that you like artistic photography is very much considered to be a certain thing. Same way like cinematic photography is considered to be a very certain thing. And it's right. like, maybe that's why, because it, I don't think maybe people maybe people just haven't really kind of um opened themselves up to the kind of opinion that photography and art are very much the same thing. Like photography can be art and art can be photography. Because I just feel like it's like it's like when I interview painters, um, a question I ask them all the time is like why, like what does painting do that a photograph doesn't? And a lot of the time they find it hard to answer that question. I'm like, as a photographer. I'm curious why you would take a picture of something and then replicate that in paint and assume that the painting is more valuable than the original source when it's just a replication of the original source. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of, I don't know. Now I've just thought that's really interesting. Like that's, there's something that fascinates me about that. But it, yeah, in reality, a painting would almost always be considered more valuable than a photograph. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, you know, and I, you know, have lots and lots and lots of painters out there, you know, I mean, they're, they're painting something from a photograph, you know, uh, whether they took the picture themselves or it's, you know, a picture somebody else took and they're, you know, translating it onto a canvas, uh, you know, and as far as, you know, black and white, you know, I mean, it wasn't until, I don't know, the 60s or 70s or something that color photography yeah. was considered kind of a, uh, you know, not artistic at all. I mean, you look, one of my favorite photographers is Fred Herzog, and uh, he was a, like a 35 millimeter color photographer. And his work wasn't recognized until, you know, he was an old man, you know. And yeah. Yeah. Because when you think of like artistic photography, you think of people like William Eggleston, Joel Morowitz, you think of people like right. Stephen Shaw, you think of people like Todd Heido. And like, who, actually, question for you. Is there anybody nowadays you consider that's like a contemporary photographer who's doing really great things? Uh, that is 
A fantastic question. Um, many, um, but to, uh, you know, I don't know, to siphon that down to just, you know, whittle that, whittle that down to one single person uh, yeah. is kind of difficult. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I definitely have some friends that I think do absolutely wonderful work. Um, I think that uh, what I think as far as famous photographers go, you know, you just mentioned my Horowitz. I think it's like phenomenal. The guy's well into his eighties. He doesn't look like it, but he's well into his eighties and he is so contemporary. I mean, in terms yeah. of like his presentation, when you see him on social media, you know, or you see him in a YouTube video, you see his, you know, photography. Uh, uh, he, um, you know, that, that guy, that guy's amazing. I mean, not just his photography, but his, his whole persona is, uh, you know, uh, his personality, you know, he, he I, yeah, that guy, and amazingly contemporary too. And that uh, is probably a good reason why he's as, as renowned as, and well-known as he is. Yeah, that's true. Actually. That's very true. Actually, that is going to be very nice to a question, which is like, what's more important, the skill of the artist or the personality of the artist? I don't know that one is more important than the other. I think that uh, somebody's personality can um, be greatly contribute to their photography um, in terms of, uh, you know, for instance, if you're at an exhibit or something and, and the artist themselves is presenting their photograph and giving the background and talking about their picture and the circumstances, you know, uh, surrounding when they took it, uh, et cetera. Um, but then you'll have other artists that, you know, kind of have the personality of a tree stump, but produce beautiful work, you know, but it's so, I, I don't know if, if one I would consider more important than the other, some artists, uh, you know, you couldn't carry on a conversation with to save their life, but their, their, their work speaks for them, you know. So yeah. I don't know that I would necessarily, that's, that's, that's a tough, I think that's a tough question. At least okay. the way I look at it. So what is creating art taught you about yourself? It, I think making art has taught me that making art, it can provide you, I think inevitably at times with uncomfortably accurate feedback about uh, any existing disparity between what you did and what your intentions were. Um, and I obviously it's important because uh, if it didn't tell you lots about yourself and make an art that, you know, that matters to you wouldn't be possible. Um, and also, you know, it, it's taught me that when you put something out there, you know, you're hoping people only see what you want them to see, you know, but that's certainly not always going to be the case, you know, invariably people are going to, you know, uh, see different things. Um but I think every single person is going to be uh, affected in their own unique way. But it's um, and it's also taught me the importance, I think, of, uh, you know, while I kind of talk about, you know, my kind of cavalier approach to it, I, I, I there's still a degree of risk taking. You know, you're still putting yourself out there, uh, you know, for for uh, the critique. And, you know, you're you're again, like I said, you're you know, it's taught me that, you're, you know, you're going to get that uncomfortably accurate feedback uh, sometimes and you, you got to be willing to to you know accept it and uh, and that that's what is you know invariably going to make you better in the long run anyway and what kind of feedback are you actually looking for um well I 
That's an interesting question. I think that I, you know, it, it, obviously complimentary stuff is great, but I think that uh, uh, whether it's compositional or or subject wise, I think that uh, I don't know that if I'm um, specifically looking for uh, uh, critique, a particular critique per se. Um, but I, I don't know. I find myself, I find myself pretty receptive to, uh, you know, what anyone has to say and I, and appreciative, you know, um, I think people, you know, uh, get their feelings hurt kind of easily. Um, and I think that's natural, but I think that it's important to, um, take it at face value and, uh, and, uh, and grow from it, you know, and, uh, because if, you know, no one's critiquing your work. I mean, it sounds very simple, but I mean, how are you going to get better? You know, how are you going to improve? How are you going to uh, grow in advance, you know, with your, with your, uh, with your art? So I have a question for you from the last artist I interviewed. This has actually changed because I interviewed somebody after. So this is from an artist called Pippa Hale-Lynch, who is a realist, contemporary realist painter. Um, and her question for you is, if you met your child self, what would they say or think about you? If I met my child self, what would they think or say about me? Um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, you know, as a kid, I, you know, my father was an amazing photographer. I mean, you know, biases was standing, but he was, he really was an amazing photographer. And I think my child self would be uh, pleased that you know i i and it wasn't until a lot later in life in fact after he you know posthumously that i got into photography but i think i would be pleased certainly that uh, i'm where i'm at you know with regards to uh uh my uh my photography and my art um i think that uh i'd like to think that anyway um you know Maybe that would uh, maybe maybe that would have gotten me to appreciate those uh, corny slideshows as a kid too. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the slideshows, but, for the, but you're right though. It's funny because the slideshows. You're right. As much as we might roll our eyes or like people roll their eyes, being like, "Oh, you know, mm -hmm. like it's uh, this again." But actually, it's kind of yeah. interesting. Like that's the advent of what we do now on social media. Like that's just exactly the same. The people the way same way carousels work nowadays on Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's the same principle. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, right. you're just the person who's, you know, created the work to be put onto that sideshow. And mm -hmm. I, now, now you said that, I'm like, that's actually, there's a nice funny correlation between kind of the old projectors and sideshows and now kind of like reels and the way in which we consume media, like media, like moving media in like short form in kind of like quick succession. That's really interesting, actually. I'm going to do something with that. Attention like, well, span. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting, actually. Like things haven't really changed as much as we think they have. No, yeah. nope. And uh, you know, I get you know certainly you know a medium like Instagram. I don't know if I call it medium, but social media like like Instagram. I, I think when you uh, post anything on there, you're just kind of hoping you're slowing their their scroll, so to speak. Of course, you know because I think it's just common just go, you know. Yeah, of course. Uh, flip through those pictures so fast, man. So do you have a question for the next artist I interview? Yeah, I do. I uh, wrote it down. Um, uh, how has your art changed the way you see the world? Uh, how do you visually view the world differently as an artist? 
And actually, that's interesting because I actually know who I'm going to interview next. So is being an artist liberating or isolating or both? Um, both. Definitely both. Um, and I, you know, I, I know I mentioned, I, don't, I try not to repeat myself, but I, being someone that's definitely uh, quite fond of their me time, um, I... You know, I have obviously, as you know, zero aversion to driving out to the most desolate places that there's potentially good images uh, to be to be had. You know, so in that sense, it's you know definitely liberating. You know, to uh, I mean, Phoenix is still a very large city, so it's uh, you know I I find it very liberating to. But although I will, even if I am making photos in an urban area, you know, I definitely I definitely find it liberating. Um, I think uh, maybe isolating in terms of uh, socially isolating, you know, uh, just just for the fact that I'm by myself, you know, um, I mean, I basically uh, certainly that lives anywhere near me. I basically have one uh, good friend that is a kind of on that same artistic wavelength that I am, you know, someone that uh, uh, will grab a camera and go out and shoot with me. You know, and uh, we've definitely gone on a couple trips just just solely to take pictures uh, together, which is which is great. Um, so I I think in a sense, maybe they are mutually exclusive, you know, the isolation and the liberation, uh, because I I I find it very liberating. I mean, it's my favorite thing to do after all, you know, is to yeah. go out and make pictures. Um, uh, but I, you know, so. I, but not isolating in a negative sense, you know, but I, you know, isolation in terms of, you know, being in my own zone, you know. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a good thing. Yeah, because I feel like there's, it's hard to really describe the feeling of being in a space by yourself, very much just kind of focused on taking images. It's really hard because like, you could be in the middle of a city at night and there's nobody around. Obviously in America, mm -hmm. I imagine it's probably 10 times more kind of terrifying. But it's like you could be somewhere yeah. where there's yeah, <laughs> you could be somewhere where there's nobody around, and it's very, mm -hmm. very, very, very kind of just serene. And there's there's mm -hmm. a for me at least when I go out and shoot stuff, um, mm -hmm. there's there's always a sense of the unknown that you're excited for, because it's like you don't know what's going to happen. Granted, it could mm -hmm. be good, it could be bad, but you don't know what's going to happen. And I think you know mm -hmm. it's it's always interesting to hear from other people's perspectives because it's just like. From the outside, for people who don't know, you probably look absolutely crazy. You're walking around with the camera taking pictures of like dustbins or something, and people are like, you know, what are you doing? But mm -hmm. like to other photographers, like we understand, like we get it. Like there's something really beautiful about just kind of the the loneliness, I guess, from just being outside by yourself and not having to deal with anything else and not being distracted. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's just probably because I don't know. That's I feel like there's something really fascinating about that. Like I wonder why people are drawn to that though i wonder why it's about like what makes people compelled i said like i do it myself but like, what makes people compelled to go out and take images like i do try kind uh, of wonder yeah i don't it, just uh simple escapism i guess um it uh you know i don't know it's a good way for me to you know uh forget about everything else um it's a great way for me to forget about everything else um and I, you know, it's when it's something that you're so 
passionate about that you love so so much um you know it's uh yeah it's it's just yeah it's it, it's 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 the most liberating thing in the world i i you know i don't know i don't know much that i like more than uh than making photos you know outside of you know family and people that are close to us that you know that's a different sort of thing but uh yeah that has like a di- that like that has a different feeling attached to it because it's like almost duty like you have a duty to of care towards people because of like because of the relationship you are to them but it's not like photography because that's something that you choose to do yourself it's something mm-hmm. that's very much just self-driven i think that you know i find you very fascinating because you're not after money and you're not after popularity but you still do it and i'm like i'm mm-hmm. kind of curious not because there's anything wrong with that but just because i don't know it's, it's bizarre because like you develop your own film you do the whole process from start to finish by yourself you have all these skills all this knowledge but you're not seeking recognition from it which i find very refreshing in the society in which people always feel like you should monetize everything and, and i just want to right. say like it's fascinating to me because like i can guarantee you that there are so many elements and so many things that you know that other people wish they did um and mm-hmm. it's going to just fascinating for me that you're not like oh i want to sell this or i want to make money off this or and it's nice to say it's a very refreshing mindset I must say, it's very, very refreshing. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's just, um, I guess, I don't know, it's not something that I've actively um, sought, you know, uh, at least up until now, or thus far. That's interesting. I just feel like more people should talk to you, I feel like, because I feel like you have a very good insight. Because your perspective and your intentions, they're not from what you can gain, they're from what you already get. If that makes sense? It's like... Mm-hmm. Like the act of taking images, that's where the value lies, not the images themselves necessarily. And I think mm-hmm. that's there's something really just really actually kind of intriguing about that. Actually, when I think about it, that's very intriguing because a lot of times it's about the final result, look at how great this image is. But we don't often think like the process actually is where the value lies, not the actual final image. That's just the byproduct of mm-hmm. of you and your time. Anyways. Last two questions. So, so what does it mean to be a successful artist, and how do you measure the success of your own work? Um, well, I think that you could obviously you can be successful. There's many measures of success. Um, you know, uh, quarter million followers on YouTube. Uh, you know, um, lots of exposure in galleries. Uh, you know, I mean, for me. Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard. I guess it's hard for me to quantify uh, outside of the typical, you know, uh, well, you know, as as someone uh, gained fame, you know, in one way or another. Um, So I I don't know. I I, I guess that's a, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, How, how would you measure the success of your work? Um, I, while I'm, I'm, you know, delighted and happy with, with what I do, you know, there's, you know, I would be lying if, admittedly, you know, there's definitely a longing for, you know, okay, maybe what's next and what other doors could open and, and whatever. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I, part of me, you know, when I look at some of these uh, content creators that have this out of sight following, you know, you know, I think it's common for people to be envious of that. But on the other hand, I think it comes with a degree of, uh, of baggage, 
uh, you know, being being such a public figure, you know. So I think, uh, you know, if at some point I could land maybe somewhere in the middle of that, you know, I'd, I'd be okay with that, you know. I mean, it's kind of like having a successful uh, career, um, you know, I, I would have no desire to be some uh, top tycoon, you know, but to be able to live comfortably, you know, uh, you know, would be good enough for me. I don't know, as a, to draw a comparison. So how, yeah, I mean, uh, how do you measure your success? How do you quantify it? I, I think that uh, there's a lot of ways you can answer that. So the last question, Really would be um what are you currently working on? I'm working for more about you. Uh well I most recently uh well currently I'm working on getting a new batch of photochemicals because I my last role came out a little faded. Uh that's kind of the risk you take with uh when you develop your own film, I know probably some other photographers listening to this will say, oh, 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 there's five different ways to test it to make sure it still hasn't been worn out. But uh, um, but I most recently, currently I'm working on my putting together my photo zine. Um, most recently, last weekend, I went down to the city of uh, Tucson. Arizona. It's about two hours south of where I'm at. Well, more like an hour and a half south of where I'm at. And uh, I shot a roll of film and uh, my uh, car tried to break down. Uh, oh, but luckily, uh, <laughs> well, it didn't it didn't break down. It's, I've got the I've got a little Toyota Prius. It was the dash lights weren't working. And anyway, I was able to get home and just didn't have any dash lights but um but yeah i i took a uh what i thought were some really fantastic pictures um and that will uh you know definitely contribute to this uh the photo scene i'm working on um one uh thing that i'm kind of struggling with is finding a really good printer um for for the book i mean obviously we've got the blurbs and uh you know the other uh, uh, large companies um but my understanding or at least i read and have been told that uh what is ideal is to find like a a local printer um you know that way you know if you wanted the you know, a page where the photo will, you know, bleed the whole page, for instance, you know, a lot of these blurb and these other companies, you know, they have strict, you know, border restrictions and stuff. Uh, so I'm hoping to find a good local printer. Um, I've definitely got um, about uh, 50 or so uh, pictures. Um, that will go into the book. Um, and apart from that, it's just a matter of uh, dedicating, finding and dedicating the time to uh, seeing it through. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping, uh, maybe, I don't know, sometime first part of next year, I might at least, uh, 
you know, be done with the draft to uh, send it to print. That's so cool. That's really exciting. And, and if you don't mind me asking just quickly, mm-hmm. like, what is the, so what does a photo book contain? Is that a mixture of different kind of works or is it mainly just like landscapes, mainly like, you know, see desert scenes? Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It's it's definitely, uh, you know, my uh, surrounding region, uh theme based you know and uh you know uh pairing off you know photos properly and also having a cohesive theme you know throughout the throughout the book is really important um i've got some different ideas whether or not i'm gonna incorporate you know text and how much and and uh you know lots of research lots of you know, um, so it, but it'll, you know, it'll definitely be uh, uh, regional photos, you know, right around where I live. And, uh, you know, like I said, it'll just be a matter of, of finalizing and, and uh, as best I can, um, perfecting the, the, flow of the of the photos you know, to make a cohesive story which is so important obviously crucial when you're putting together a photo book of any kind yeah because the whole process by itself just the whole curation and the flow and the way the images you know align with one another i think it's it's such a process and kind of like are you documenting that or is it just something you're doing privately Oh, well, uh, my plan as of now is to have uh, a small batch printed um, and uh, obviously a few close uh, friends and family, you know, I'm just, I'll just give away. I don't know. I might um, reach out to um, a few other people and see if I, you know, can uh, sell them on a small scale, um, not trying to, you know, get you know make a bunch of money or anything from it but uh definitely you know interested in uh getting it into the hands of others and it's uh kind of fun kind of exciting that's super cool that's cool i'm actually really good saying it i'm really curious about the whole process and just kind of mm-hmm. the whole idea i'm actually really curious i think it'd be super fun to say it'd be super fun to say yeah, if anybody, uh, you know, is uh, in the Phoenix, Arizona area, you know, um, and uh, want to see one of uh, my pieces on display, it's at the, the Found RE uh, Hotel there in downtown Phoenix on North Central Avenue. And you go right past the uh, the front desk down the hallway down and be the last, last piece down on the right. That's absolutely perfect. And where can people find you and your wife? Online. Uh, well, they can find me on uh, uh, Instagram. My handle is uh, at benjoch, B-E-N-J-O-C-H. Um, I, my uh, portfolio uh, website, which is a continual work in progress, but it is uh, desertmedley.myportfolio.com 
And uh, yeah, I think apart from that, you know, yeah. Ben, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, likewise, Aaron. Thanks so much for having me. I really do appreciate it. That concludes my conversation with photographer Ben Charles. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or please get in touch via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing, or subscribing on any of these channels to support the show. Please don't forget to check out theflyingfruitworld.co.uk for daily eye inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. If you'd like to support the platform further, we now also have a Patreon page. Tears start up on one pound. To find out more details, head on over to patreon.com forward slash theflyingfruitworld. If mint donations are not your thing, we also have a PayPal. I shall link our PayPal in the show notes of this episode. Once again, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. And until next time, folks. Please stay safe.